I'm Kimberly Amici, and I'd like to welcome you to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show that helps you imagine, plan, and build your best family. Over the next few weeks, I will be working on a fresh new season of the show that I am thrilled to release in September. While I'm working on it, I am rebroadcasting our most popular episodes from this past year. They are the ones that you loved, downloaded the most, and shared with your friends. This week, I'm sharing the Ruth experience on finding and nurturing true and lasting friendships. We all need friends, not just for ourselves, but for our mothering and our family. We were created with an undeniable need for authentic community. Study after study shows that friendships are vital to longevity and to our physical and mental health. Having friends increases our sense of belonging and purpose, it reduces stress and it boosts happiness, it improves our self-confidence and our sense of self-worth. Sounds pretty amazing, right? But despite knowing this, many of us still struggle to find and nurture true and lasting friendships. And a lot of us struggle to make time for those friendships. I believe that a lot of this has to do with the busy transient culture that we live in. However, I also believe it has to do with the fact that we just don't know much about how to do adult friendship. I mean, this is my story. Shortly after transitioning to be a stay-at-home mom and moving to the suburbs, I looked around and realized that I no longer had a go-to group of people that were my friends. I knew plenty of people in town, and I could chat away with them on the playground, but I longed for much deeper connections. You know, those go-to pals you could call for anything. That's when I took a deeper dive into how to do this friendship thing. What I learned was life-changing. I was able to stop feeling sorry for myself, and I began to reach out to other women, even though I was really scared. As a result, I developed some incredible friendships. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Kendra, Kristen, and Julie from The Ruth Experience. They wrote the one-year daily acts of friendship devotional. I wanted to bring them on the show because as a result of my journey, I'm passionate about this topic and I'm passionate about talking about it and equipping others. I know from personal experience that friendships are crucial, not just to our well-being as moms, but beneficial to our families too. Get ready to hear how healthy friendships impact families, what friendship and marriage looks like, how we can help our children create healthy friendships, and how we can start implementing some of the things that we're learning today. After you listen to this podcast, let's talk more about this on Instagram and in the Build Your Best Family community group. I'd love to know what has your experience been like with friendship? Has it been like mine or has it been different? And what do you struggle with the most when it comes to creating and maintaining those friendships? By the way, I wrote a post about the four things I learned about friendship. I'll link to it in the show notes and in my newsletter if you want to read it. Are you struggling to keep track of everything that's going on in your family? I get it. Managing everyone's expectations and schedules can be challenging. However, a regular family meeting can change that. These weekly check-ins enable you to approach each week with purpose and more connected to one another. If you need help getting started, download our free family meeting packet, which includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy today. 
Today, I'm talking with Kendra, Kristen, and Julie from The Ruth Experience. They are the creators of the online growing community. They're three friends whose lives are intertwined as writers, speakers, wives, moms, and world changers. They are also the authors of the One Day Daily Acts of Kindness devotional and have been featured online at Encourage, Joyful Life Magazine, USA Today, The Better Mom, Thrives Mom, and HuffPost. It is fantastic today to have Kendra, Kristen, and Julie with us from the Ruth Experience. Welcome back to the podcast because this is your second time you've been on the show. And I think you're the only people that have been on. I think there was one other person that's been on twice. So welcome back. This is so exciting to have you here. Thank you for having us. This is so fun. All right. So I'm going to start off with a question that I ask all of our guests, and that is, what is your family known for? So say your name when you share so we all know who we're talking to and tell us, yeah, what are your families known for? This is Julie. Um, I'm going to say, I hope my family is known for because because we're all works in progress. Um, But what my husband and I, one of the things we want our family to be known for is hospitality. Um, people who invite others in on holidays, into our backyards, into our homes, not waiting until life is perfect or until um, the schedule is completely clear, but just being willing to invite others in. We've, it's been amazing how lonely people are. And that was something we didn't really realize when we first started out. And so, yeah. This is Kristen, and I actually was going to say hospitality, too, so we should have vetted our answers before we got on the the call here. But, um, yeah, you know, my husband is one of those people who likes to throw huge Super Bowl parties and things like that, and he's kind of dragged me along with him on this journey of hospitality. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely a work in progress for me as well. But, yeah, that's something that my family really enjoys as well. And this is Kendra. I think, I think hospitality is probably a theme for all of us. I think um, just given, you know, the things that we write about, I think it's important um, in each of our families. And I'm hoping in mine too, that people would see that we're just trying to be intentional in our lives, whether that's hospitality or kindness or friendship or whatever it is to be very intentional, mm-hmm. to love God and to love the people around us. And so yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the answers we'd probably say could be similar, but I think because our families have been on similar paths. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you all have similar answers in hospitality, what is your go-to? If I come to your house, what am I going to get, Julie? When you, when you have this over. <laughs> a lot of food and loudness. Everybody in my family is very loud. So there's a lot of laughter and just kind of like happy chaos is what you're going to find at my house. Yes. Anything particular that you serve that people are like, yes, this is what I'm going to get when I go there? Or do you like to mix it up? You no, know, I could say because I am someone who is like Kristen, I feel a little bit more anxious just in the preparing time for hospitality. I love mm-hmm. to do it. And afterwards, I'm always so glad I did. Yeah. But beforehand, I always have a little bit of anxiousness. So my go-to meal, now my husband's going to cringe when he hears this because he's like a chef, like he's not a chef, but like a self-made chef. Yeah. Loves to really cook. Good. But my meal is tacos. I make like a taco bar. Oh, it's amazing. I, so easy. It's easy. You can make it ahead of time. 
there'll probably be something there that everybody likes to eat from mm-hmm. kids to adults. And, you know, it doesn't have to have a set time to be eaten yeah. at. And so if you come to my house, you're probably coming to a taco bar. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Kristen? You know, what's your my- signature hospitality? Yes. Well, so my husband has a big green egg, which is kind of a smoker slash grill. Yeah. So the way it works for us is he usually does ribs or tri-tip or something like that on the big green egg. And then I'm just in charge of like side dishes. So that's normally how we, um, we manage to make it work. And I, I don't feel too stressed out about just having to do side salads. Oh, yum. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. We were just talking about that smoker thing. My, my husband's like, oh, so I heard about the smoker thing. He's interested in that now, especially with being home so much and cooking in the backyard and trying to get outside as much as we are these days. He's just looking for like fun new toys to get excited about. And so we'll see if we end up with one of those. <laughs> it's worth it. I mean, the food is amazing and it's always nice when you don't have to cook too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So you're here today to talk to us about your no devotional, which I'm so excited about. The last time you were on the podcast, you talked to us about the one year daily acts of kindness, and now you have one that's about friendship. So why don't you tell us more about it and yeah, the story behind it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, so this is Julie. Um, you know, we write the books we wish we had. And one of the things as we have been con- just continuing to do life and talk to other women, we realize how hard friendship sometimes can be, but also how critically important it is. And so when you have really, really healthy friendships, how life-giving that is. And, mm-hmm. and then of course the opposite too. And so I think there's, I mean, just as I've talked to women, even as we were writing the book, I had more women crying, (laughs) Um, women that I didn't know very well, tearing up about friendship uh, for Mm. themselves, for their daughters. I mean, just, Mm. it's such a part of our life. And so that's when we thought, you know, nobody really taught us friendship as young women or even as girls, like our moms are amazing women, but nobody sat us down and really taught us some of those skills for friendship. And so that's what this was birthed out of. Like, what, what would we want those younger women to know us, mm-hmm. you know, writing to ourselves in our twenties and thirties and, and just all of these ideas around friendship. So the good, the bad and the ugly, um, really it's in there. Um, so yeah, that's the story behind it. I can totally relate because I did not know how to do adult friendship. And when you remove the proximity from your relationships, all of a sudden you don't have those people that you work with every day or that you go to school with every day. And then how do you make friendships? That was something that really, I I didn't understand for a very long time. And then it's just been in the last maybe 10 years that I'm like, oh, there's a thing to this. I have to do this on purpose and I can, this can be a wonderful thing, but there's stuff I need to know. And I was surprised at how much I didn't know. So you guys are obviously friends. Can you tell me a little bit about how healthy friendships has impacted you as moms and then even how it's impacted family life? And what have you found for your, your experience and also in the women that you talk to? Um, I think that at being, becoming a mom, like you were saying, um, is even more important that I have friends. Um, 
I think, you know, in my early twenties, you know, you have, like you said, you have people you work with that are kind of your friend group or things like that. But sometimes, um, you come into motherhood and you come into this new place and it can be lonely, um, and without a lot of friends or, or close friends who really kind of understand what, what it's like. Um, and so I have found that I need my friends more, um, not just for myself, but for my mothering and my family to know, like, is this normal? Do you experience this? Has one of your kids gone through this? And, you know, we have some children who walk through some harder experiences and just having my friends kind of be able to know and encourage not only me, but my kids, I think mm-hmm. is so valuable. Um, when I see like Julie or her husband um, or Kristen and her husband engaging my kids yeah. and uh, building those relationships with them too, mm-hmm. um, I think it's so important. And I think sometimes we miss that. And I, I realized my husband and I were talking about this we didn't see that a lot growing up um, with within our own families. Like Julie said, we had great parents, but friendship wasn't always modeled in these kinds of ways, really sort of intimately, um, which I think is more scripturally how God would want us to do relationship and friendship. And so I've just found um, friendship having a huge impact, especially now that I have a family, mm-hmm. um, not just for myself, but for my other family members. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have a a few friends that my kids could just go over their house and if their kids aren't home, they don't come home. And then I find them hanging out with my friend, especially my friends that don't have daughters. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, it's okay. They came over and we're just going to hang out. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) But to be able to have those special kind of friendships where they can be a part of your family's life, I think is, is really important. Yeah. So let's talk about friendship a little bit when it comes to marriage. What does that look like? You know, one of the things that comes to mind um, for me with this question is finding things that you have in common. I mean, that's true of our other friendships. We usually end up with friends because we, you know, go to a similar mom's group or kids are the same age or things like that. And yeah, I don't think that we always do that with our spouse. And so um, just looking for those things that you both enjoy doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you can't have separate interests. Um, for instance, my, my husband loves to CrossFit and he's great at it. And I have zero <laughs> in it. And I don't think I will ever have interest in it. Yeah. And that's okay because we have other things that we enjoy doing. We enjoy cooking together. We enjoy watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've been watching um, an organization show on Netflix this week. <laughs> so I think just making sure, I mean, obviously romance is part of marriage, but I think that our culture puts too much emphasis on that and not as much on the actual friendship building and relationship building. That is actually, a, I would say, a bigger part of your day-to-day life and marriage together. Mm-hmm. So give me some examples of what uh, genuine friendship looks like. I mean, for my daughters whose friends are in school, their friendship looks completely different <laughs> than what grown-up friendship should look like. Uh, and I think we carry a lot of those expectations from childhood, from our 20s into 
you know, being moms and adults. And I think sometimes we're looking for the wrong things and genuine friendship really has um, some things that's marked by. So could you give us a few examples of that? You know, one that comes to my mind is give and take. Um, I've been friends with Kendra and Kristen for probably longer than we care to <laughs> admit because it'll reveal age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there have been, and so we've lived through a lot together. Um, and really, really good things, and then really, really hard things. And what I have learned is sometimes you're going to need a friend who is going to give more to you than you can give to her in that season. But then there will then also be a season in which you will take more and she will give more. And it balances. Um, It all balances, but but to allow that to ebb and flow based on what's going on. And be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Longevity is, is again, a gift because you have the ability to do that and to not walk away from a friendship so quickly because you feel like you're not getting what you need. Yeah, that's a good right. one. Right. Yeah. I think, too, one thing as I've gotten older, I've realized is I, I have a variety of friends around me with different personalities and different strengths and traits. And we need more than just maybe one one friend. Like it's good to have friends who bring different things to your life, who bring different, you know, strengths and qualities and things like that. And so not getting so stuck on, I just have to have one really good friend and understanding that my friends have the same thing too. Um, And we've, we've felt like we've been able to even interweave some of our friendships. So um, we kind of come around different women, um, just by keeping our circles open and inviting others in who maybe need a friend and not just thinking, okay, well, my friend group is already set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so much more important. And I think you realize that more as you get older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I have at least. Absolutely. And I, I think one of the other things we talked about before too, is looking for friends outside of maybe just what's easy or what's close to you, you know, um, I think it's maybe Julie who said this before, but kind of looking for somebody who's maybe a step ahead of you and who can kind of mentor you a little bit. And then looking for somebody who's maybe a step behind you that you can kind of come alongside and mentor too. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's so much value in having friendships that showcase that kind of variety too. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's really important to not only be friends that are exactly like us. I mean, for a long time, I've wanted to find a friend that just gets me and we have everything in common. And I think those kind of friends are few and far between. I think that if somebody is exactly like you, that they're probably withholding something or they're probably trying to be something other than they are. And I really enjoyed getting to know people and coming out of my comfort zone to do things that they prefer to do or to have be interested in things that they're interested in. And just like we learned about marriage in the Bible, how God typically puts us with somebody that we have to come out of our comfort zone to love. The same thing happens in really amazing friendships is that when we come out of our comfort zone, it just takes the friendship to a whole nother level. Yeah. So how do you help your, your kids cultivate healthy relationships? Well, um, no, this is a big one because this is a hard one, especially if you have girls. Modeling modeling healthy conflict, um, especially 
when this particular generation is more prone to text versus have face-to-face conversations. And um, my husband sat down with one of my children about a week ago because there had been a conflict over texting and um, a misunderstanding and helped my child craft a response that was humble and apologetic and compassionate um, with the hopes then, of course, that they can move past this and then continue to have a relationship. So helping your kids navigate conflict in healthy, healthy ways. We talk about this all the time in my family. I'm sure my children are like, oh my goodness. I don't want to talk about healthy conflict anymore. But um, that really is, you know, and going back to marriage for just a second, being able to engage in healthy conflict, mm-hmm. we are not always going to get along, but that mm-hmm. has made my husband and I really, really good friends is that mm-hmm. we don't call names and what is in the past is in the past. We do not drag it and throw it back into each other's faces. Um, and so we've been teaching our kids that too, because you don't learn this. Mm-hmm. You just don't learn it. And there's no teacher out there teaching this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree too. I was going to say modeling it. And I know that as a parent, that's such a hard answer because like my husband and I have taken all these parenting courses, you know, thinking that you're doing something mm-hmm. that your kid's going to better themselves. And then really you find out that the point is that there's things that you need to change <laughs> or yeah. do as the parent. It's like, wait a second. But I think that even when it comes to our kids and cultivating healthy friendships, it's first modeling that and letting them see our friendships mm-hmm. and how we try to have healthy relationships. And then like Julie said, navigating with our kids, we have open conversations all the time with them about, um, you know, like she said, conversations over text or, you know, my kids, there's nothing hidden in our home. And so we have access to all of their devices and conversations, which I think as a parent is really important, not because I'm trying to snoop, but because I want to have to my, for my kids to have healthy relationships. And so helping them navigate some of those kinds of things as they come up and then telling them too, you know, if if I've had a misunderstanding with a friend um, and I apologize and we make it right, I'll often have conversations with my kids and especially my daughter who's 12 and kind of not necessarily tell her the details, but just tell her, you know, we had a misunderstanding and I apologize because I want her to know that those things are part of a normal and healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My kids are a little bit younger than Kendra and Julie's. And so I think for us, we're still at the point where um, even just creating the space for kids to engage with friends, uh, you know, things like play dates and, and things like that, we've really tried to prioritize that. We actually, my husband and I have a family meeting every Sunday afternoon and well, unless, unless football interferes <laughs> and then it's maybe more like Sunday evening. Um, but we, one of the things on our list, we go through budget and menu and calendar commitments, but we also talk about people that we want to see. And that's not just a list for the two of us. It's for the family, Mm -hmm. you know, all together. And so even something like that has been really helpful and, and talking about, um, prioritizing friendships and making making room for them, making space on our calendar so that yeah. 
Um, not too much time goes by where we think like, oh, I haven't seen, you know, so-and-so in a while. Yeah. Well, that's good. When we first started having family meetings, our kids were four and six and everyone's, everyone's like, what do you talk to your kids about at your family meeting? Well, who they want to play date with? <laughs> because, <laughs> because you'd get to the end of the week and they're like, I don't ever get to play with so-and-so. And you're like, oh my gosh, just tell me, but I can't, can't make it happen now. Yes. We're busy. They're busy. But if you can just tell me ahead of time. And so that was part of our meetings. Who do you want to see this week? Who do you want to hang out with? And we made that happen. Yeah. yeah. So I like what you both said about modeling, but Kendra, I like what you said about even sharing your experience with your kids. I, I feel like my kids are a little bit older and I'm starting to share more of the nitty gritty of like the hard stuff because for a while I wasn't sharing that stuff with them because it wasn't always, it was, it wasn't always appropriate. But now that they're getting into kind of the situations they find themselves in, I'm like, I didn't have it easy. This didn't come naturally to me. Here's what I learned. Here's what went wrong. Here's a friendship that I don't have any more because I didn't handle it properly. And so being able to, to be honest with them and share it in an age appropriate way, I think has been helpful, especially when you can't model it for them. They're not always going to see all the aspects of your friendship, but we can demonstrate the intention. Like you said, Kristen, planning the times, spending time together, and just having them see that we place a priority on friendship is, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what happens in healthy friendships when God gets in the mix. So you guys have a unique friendship in that you share the same faith. And I think that's probably a little bit of the glue that you have that keeps you together. You know, I have a good friend, Kate, and she's one of the more discerning people I know. And so she will send me a text um, and it has more often than not, it arrives in the morning and it's just a little check-in text or it's a prayer, just a little prayer text over my day and over my life. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing how frequently those arrive when I'm having a no good rotten day. And, <laughs> and so I just know that she's feeling that nudge to reach out and, and connect with me briefly. And, and I think it's God breathed. I think mm-hmm. God is nudging her because I was having a bad day. And so that's something that's so amazing about God and the Holy Spirit is when you listen to that nudge, because I then do it too. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how frequently I will reach out to somebody and they'll come back and say, wow, your text or your card or your whatever came just in time. How did you know? And I didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think having people that you can be um, really honest with and asking for prayer, I think for me has been one of the biggest, um, blessings of relationships with people who have that same, or are in that same place with, um, with their relationship with God. And just knowing that others like Julie said, are going to be praying for you throughout the day. I think we, sometimes these things don't feel tangible. We can't see them. But and the older I've gotten, the more sensitive I feel like I've gotten to feeling it. And sometimes when we've walked through a hard season and I've texted these two and I've said, you know, we need prayer, I will feel it throughout the day. I know mm-hmm. that they're praying for me and just what a huge difference that that makes. Yeah. And so I think we would all say it's so important to have relationships with people, no matter where they are on their faith walk, we yeah. need to be including people in who are, have no faith to amazing faith and everything in between. But, um, when I need prayer, when we're really walking through something hard, I have to have a couple of people 
who I, I know are going to be um, praying for me and on the same, you know, in the same place with God. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I would echo both of, both of your comments really. Cause I, I do think that it adds not that, not that we're not friends with a, a wide array of people, like you said, but I think it does really add a depth um, to friendships that maybe can't always be there if mm-hmm. the faith component isn't part of it. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a really integral part of, you know, my, my deepest friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we'll wrap up with one last question. So what are some easy to do ideas for building and maintaining your friendships? Well, you know what, let me ask you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this question apart a little bit. So tell me what you would say, you would suggest to people that are looking to make friends. Um, there are so many different things. Oh my goodness. Um, like one or two. I think, it depends on, I think it depends on your stage of life. Cause like we've all probably mm-hmm. made friends at work, um, mm-hmm. when we were working full time outside the home. Um, I, I started attending a mom's group right after I had a baby, which was very, very helpful for me and brought me into a whole new circle of friends that I desperately needed. Um, we've all probably made friends in church settings before. I think it just kind of depends on where you're at in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, this idea of being an intentional to reach out to others and to not necessarily wait for them to reach out to you, mm-hmm. I think is really important. And I think sometimes we want to just be sort of sitting back and waiting for somebody to come to me. And um, Oftentimes, some of my closest friends or some really good friends I've made, I actually was intentional to reach out first to them, too. So I think just kind of looking around, you know, where do I find myself in my everyday life um, and kind of looking for some people there? Well, and even literally looking around and seeing who your neighbors are mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, often there are people, you know, next door who are potential friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I need to go somewhere to meet, meet friends versus, you know, oh, I can wave at my neighbor from across the lawn and then, you know, maybe walk a little closer, be socially distanced right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that you can think outside the box and not just think I have to go places. You can think like, who am I already seeing around me yeah. um, and noticing that I can maybe make a friend there. And I would also say hobbies. Um, my husband loves soccer and we live in a place where there was no soccer. Like we moved here and Aaron was like, soccer? And all of us <laughs> were like, football. And he was like, soccer? I can't even imagine that. I feel like everyone is in soccer here. <laughs> <laughs> and so he couldn't find guys his age. Like all the kids are in soccer, but right. all the guys yeah. did not play soccer. And so he ended up finding friends in the refugee community because they love soccer. And so he befriended a bunch of young guys in a um, refugee community. And so they'll come over to our our house on Saturday mornings and I'll yell at the TV along with Aaron because they love it. (laughs) Um, And so, um, you know, there was a organization, a volunteer organization that all three of us joined and we have found the most delightful women. Mm-hmm. And those women are very different from us in some respects. There are, it is just a breadth of backgrounds and talents and everything. The only thing we have really in common is Jesus sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so we've created some really wonderful friendships 
there. So I would say, what is it you love to do and what could you join and start to meet people? And I will second what Kendra's saying. Um, you have to be, you have to be okay with being the inviter. If you wait to get invited, it is so hard. Some subcultures are really good at being hospitable and some are not. And we live in a subculture that tends to not. And so that means that we have got to be the one who says, Hey, do you want to come over for a backyard barbecue? Yeah. Do you want to grab a cup of coffee? It's hard. I know. But some of my dear, dear friends are because I invited. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that too. And all of the things that you're sharing are incredible things to share with our children as well, because these are things we had to learn. And, and it's amazing that sometimes my daughter doesn't understand. You just have to invite them. Right. And I know we don't know, we don't want to do it, but hopefully if we can um, teach our kids this, when they're young, they'll struggle a lot less when they're older to make new friends in a new community or in a new stage of life. Okay. So now we're going to, we're going to follow up with this last part. So give me some easy to do things for actually maintaining friendships that we can start doing now with, with the people that are already in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I thought of is, um, the three of us have an ongoing text thread. And so a lot of times we'll talk about things that we have going on, but we'll also post silly memes and things like that. And that sort of um, keeps like a little, you know, dot of connection throughout the day. Um, that could be really helpful. But even, you know, I have other friends who I maybe don't text every day or things like that because we're busy. Um But I have one friend, for instance, that she and I are doing a gratitude challenge right now. So for, we decided for two weeks, we were every, every day, we're going to text each other three things we're grateful for that day. And so even something like that, um, really helps give, um, gives a little window into kind of what's going on with her life and, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's been a really good way to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think this season, this year um, has been different than other years. One thing that um, one of my friends and I have continued to do, and we started this spring was Marco Polo is an app where you can send little video chats back and forth to each other. Um, and you don't have to be there live to watch it. And so she and I still do that even now. So I think that, you know, is, technology the only way to stay connected no but I think right now it's one way um, to really kind of be able to be intentional and we still feel like we're a part of each other's lives even if it is kind of challenging to be Mm -hmm. um, face-to-face always Mm -hmm. right now so Mm -hmm. and I have a good friend who has moved across the country so all of a sudden right now we've got this distance issue um and so we stay connected via texting but then periodically we schedule just a luxurious phone call when all of the children are in bed. And so we intentionally set it up ahead of time so that we know that this hour and a half is Mm. our time. And, and then we take that and we spend that time together and we catch up on all of the things we talk about, you know, hard things, good things, or just whatever, like ridiculous things. But we set that time aside very intentionally um, just to reconnect with one another, because we know that when you're a long ways apart, mm-hmm. that there, that there's just this tendency when you're not in proximity to kind of drift and we don't want to. So, yeah. 
intention so important. I mean, my friend, my best friend who moved away, I always feel like, oh, maybe we'll connect early this week. And then early this week goes by. But if we were to set a date and set a time, I think it would make all the difference in the world for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with here to, with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. You can find Kendra, Kristen, and Julie at theruthexperience.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram as The Ruth Experience. I'll link to all of this plus their book in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.